Hello, listeners, and welcome back to The Wayward Dragons. This is episode 39? <laughs> Question mark? Episode uh, 39, yeah. I'm Johnny. And I'm Kelsey. And we have a special guest. Yeah, my fiance is actually joining us because this episode is kind of his expertise. Mm, a little bit. <laughs> So today we're actually going to be talking about one of the most famous cryptids on the planet, cryptid creature, the legendary Bigfoot, Sasquatch, um, wild man, Yeti, skunk ape. <laughs> skunk ape. So yeah, so we're going to talk about a lot of different things. I'm going to kind of cover kind of the background information on Bigfoot, and then my fiance is actually going to provide some encounters and stories of encounters and stuff like that so how are you i'm good uh <laughs> yeah i'm good surviving daylight savings just yeah scatterbrains all that fun yep. stuff oh yeah i think the u.s is like the only country that actually recognizes daylight savings we are so which yep. is dumb but i found out recently why we do that and i guess i probably should have talked about that during our other episode but it's, it's really <laughs> dumb it has to do with you know power basically yeah, and has absolutely nothing to do with agriculture like i've been told my entire life no uh, it's so it stays out darker it stays lighter longer so that people yep. stay out and shop more yep because yay <laughs> capitalism it's like yeah it's it's purely capitalism purely we won't get into all that no not today no that's a story for another day. <laughs> so, yeah. So, in this episode, we are going to be talking about the legendary Bigfoot Sasquatch. So, we're going to kind of get, I'm going to kind of get into a couple of different things. Depending on where you're at in the world, depends, that determines the name of the Bigfoot creature. So, Bigfoot is kind of seen around the world. It's something that is in every culture. Every culture has some form of wild man creature. And we actually get the term Sasquatch. Um, it's an uh, basically an English version of the word Sasquet, Sasquets, which is a Native American word. So that's where we get Sasquatch from. So, but all of the Native American versions of this creature's name translates roughly to either wild man or hairy man depending on where you're from where you're so, at am i a sasquatch i'm both a hairy <laughs> man and a wild man i mean maybe i don't know have to do the sasquatch walk the <laughs> i was like you are over you are tall so i mean you I mean, you both could technically qualify as Sasquatch. I'm Harry. You are. I'm Harry, man. So. You, you are, and your fabulous <laughs> beard you got rocking now. We'll just start like a secret society, a global secret society, and call ourselves the Sasquatches. There you go. There you go. Where we just like aimlessly wander around the woods with our shirts off. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. But like here in the US, like in Florida, it, the Bigfoot creature is called Skunk Ape. In Ohio, it's called the Grass Man, Tree Man. When you get into like Kentucky, kind of 
not quite the deep south, but kind of that weird in between. They call them the wood booger. <laughs> wood booger, Willie Burke, Willie Burke booger, <laughs> stuff <laughs> yeah. like that. Yeah. Momo, Swamp Monster. And then when you get to Nepal, you have the Yeti or the Abominable Snowman. Urine, which Y-E-R-E-N, that is what they are called in China. And actually, a couple years ago, I was reading an article about how they funded a whole research thing into finding these creatures, like 2015. Yowie is what it is called in Australia. Almas is what it is called in Mongolia. And then in Indonesia, it's called Orange Pendeki. And I want to say in Indonesia, it's a pygmy Bigfoot. <laughs> so these things are like midget Bigfoots. Like they're real small. Like the, um, like the teddy bear looking things from Star Wars, you know? That's what they look like. The Ewoks? Ewoks, thank you. That word was not coming to my brain. Yeah, I just want to say real quick too, depending on where you're at, the appearance of these creatures is going to vary dramatically, including coloration, size, and um, even facial features. Yeah. So I found it. It's a... We were talking before we started recording. I was trying to find the room of this documentary. Uh, But... I found it. It's called 15 Things You Didn't Know About Bigfoot. Wait, what What streaming service can you find it on? Uh, so it's through... Sh- this is on Paramount Plus, but it's through Showtime. So anything you have a Showtime okay. subscription on. Okay. But yeah, depending on where you're from, it drastically changes how you see Bigfoot. So you have to think these creatures can be anywhere from 6 feet to 10 feet to 10 feet plus tall. It can be ape-like, which means it's kind of hunched over walking on all fours. Or humanoid, meaning it walks on two legs. Fur can be drastically different color, like my fiancé said. It can be from dark brown to red to a weird mixture to black. You know, because a lot of people say, oh, well, it's just a bear walking on its back legs. You know, that's how it's kind of debunked, is it's a big black bear or brown bear walking on two back legs, which... Same. (laughs) Um, But, I mean, they're huge. They're these huge, muscular creatures, you know, big, they're huge, tall, long arms, horrible smell. I was seeing, I was reading where it's like a, (laughs) like, it was a cross between a skunk with, like, dead animals underneath its armpits. Like, just this cross between skunk and death. Like, just just nasty. Nastiness. And they normally leave behind those large footprints that you see in the castings. And then they do tra- tend to travel, either they're like solo creatures, or they travel in um, family units. And they have very small family units. So a mama and a papa, and then like their babies. As for, like, the most popular places that, like, like sighting-wise, um, there is a website, that, and I'll put it in the show notes, and it's called Bigfoot Field Researchers Organization. So basically, you go on their website, www.bfro.net, and it brings up their um, database that they have, 
you can submit your Bigfoot encounter, but you can also click on multiple places throughout the world, like the U.S., Canada, Australia, China, Indonesia, Russia, Malaysia. But basically, it breaks it down by state um, for the U.S., and then once you click on your state, it breaks it down by county, and you can read the most current um, encounter that they have. The top basically top five states that you have a lot of the major encounters. Um, a lot of the major encounters are in the Pacific Northwest. So Washington State, Oregon, California, specifically Northern California. Um, and then you have the state of Florida, followed by Ohio, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Texas, kind of any place where there's a lot of dense forest um, is where you tend to have a lot of Bigfoot sightings. And um, if you go on missing, I want to say it's a missing 411 Reddit feed, there's a couple of people that have overlapped Bigfoot sightings with the cave systems throughout the U.S. Um, and there's a lot of correlation between Bigfoot sightings and the massive cave systems that are here stateside. So food for thought. And then lastly, I wanted to get into before he starts talking about the encounters and stuff that people have. Because so I tried to look into like if there's any like folklore, like spiritualist kind of meaning behind seeing Bigfoot. Couldn't really find anything. There are petroglyphs on caves in the Tool River Indian Reservation in California. The petroglyphs uh, show a hairy family unit i think the petroglyphs are between 500 and a thousand years old um but there's always been hairy man wild man myths throughout native cultures here in america um and they're honestly they're kind of all over the world this is the one cryptid that is seen everywhere every culture has some form of wild man myths legends because in some Indian reservations, they would tell their kids not to say the name of the creature in their culture um, because it would cause the creature to come out and take them in the middle of the night. So in some cultures, it was seen as like a boogeyman. If you come and take them, if you say their name, they will come get you. Because um, they talk about in some Native American cultures being like a cannibalistic type creature, which isn't wrong. And then... So one of the most famous encounters is actually uh, Teddy Roosevelt writes about an encounter that he had in his book, the book he released in 1893 called The Wilderness Hunter. He talks about how he meets a man and um, he writes down the man's encounter. Um, and I want to say Teddy Roosevelt had an encounter himself later on after that. Um, there's also a lore episode about it. That's actually how I heard about it. But basically, if you go out into the woods, there's going to be a couple of signs whether you're encountering a Bigfoot. So they like to, like, if you watch any Bigfoot shows, they'll go about, like, wood knocking, where they knock on trees and stuff like that. They'll throw rocks at you if they come, if you're in their territory, which some of the stories that he's told me, that's that's some scary shit, having a huge fucking boulder thrown at you. There are some places they think that they mark their territory by uprooting lodge pole pines. And, like, kind of weaving them into, like, a weird, like, structure to kind of mark territory, I guess. In some places, you'll see deer skeletons suspended in trees. Honestly, that 
depending on where you're at, I would kind of back away, not because there might be a Bigfoot, but uh, there might be like a mountain lion or something, because they do bring shit up into trees. But you'll hear a lot of vocal vocalization, so a lot of grunting, screaming, yowling. There's no real language that we know for these creatures, but there's a lot of like audio stuff that happens when you encounter these creatures. And then some of the most famous evidence. So obviously the the footprints. Um, there's some footprints that have been casted that have the dermal ridges. So those are the ridges that are on your fingers, but they're also that make your fingerprint. But there's also ones that are on your toes that make your toe print. And there are certain foot castings um, that actually have those kind of footprint type things in the castings. There's hairs that have been left behind. There's I was reading about a bite impression in 2015. This college professor found bones that looked like they had human bite marks on them. But the problem was, was it, it was two times the size of our jaw. And then there's the famous Pedersen-Gimlin film. So that is the famous film. It's about a minute long of Bigfoot just walking in the forest. It's the most famous that they try to debunk. You can look it up on YouTube or the internet. You can see the famous picture where the Bigfoot looks back at them. Yeah, I believe though, I believe that the guys who filmed that, the last one that was alive, if I recall correctly said on his dead deathbed that that was a fake. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's been that. But then again, you know, he could just be covering up for Bigfoot. He could be. Hiding Bigfoot secrets. October 20th, which was the day that the film was captured, is kind of like, um, not, it's not a national holiday, but it's basically like Sasquatch Awareness Day. There's a lot of festivals that happen in honor of Bigfoot around that time. Um, and they're, they're fucking everywhere. There's music festivals. There was one I was reading that's in Knoxville, or not Knoxville, that's in, like, it's somewhere that is sponsored by Monster Energy. <laughs> the drink. So I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah, that checks out. But I found this one thing that was interesting. There's a museum called Bigfoot Crossroads of America and Research Center. It's in Nebraska. Um, and last year, the museum was actually selected to be added to the U.S. Library of Congress. So all of their archives are available at the U.S. Library of Congress. So I thought that was kind of interesting, considering what he's actually about to talk about. And then before this, I was actually looking up like weird laws about Bigfoot. So there are actually certain counties in Washington state where it is illegal to kill a Bigfoot. And it is considered a misdemeanor if you kill one. So there are certain states in Washington state that there are protective areas um and whatnot which i found kind of interesting to protect them and make sure that they stay alive there was a there was someone in oklahoma that tried to get the wildlife people in oklahoma to issue permits to kill bigfoot so i mean what's the best way to prove that it exists besides producing a body you know but he, my lovely fiance, is going to talk about some basic encounters that people have. There's a constant theme that you'll kind of see that um, presents itself. Because um, there's multiple theories about what Bigfoot actually is. Is it actually a creature that's like the missing link between in the evolutionary chain? Or 
is Bigfoot a multi-dimensional creature that travels dimensions? Is it a UFO? You never know. How would Bigfoot be a UFO? I don't know. It's multi-dimensional. Travels. Maybe the aliens bring it down to fuck with us. I don't know. I've never seen a flying Bigfoot. Doesn't mean it doesn't exist. No, but (laughs) there there are a lot of encounters where Bigfoot is described with um, sightings of balls of light and things of that nature. Yeah, I've... I've heard the theory that Bigfoot is an alien as well. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not too sold on that. I've only heard a couple weird encounters that kind of lined up with that a little bit, but I don't know. I'm more on the flesh and blood side. But, I mean, everything that I've heard of, I've been interested in it now for, I don't know, four or five years. My dad was interested in it, so, of course, Apple doesn't fall fall far from the tree. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. But... Basically, where I get all my information is a another uh, podcast called Sasquatch Chronicles. I think they have over 950 episodes right now, maybe more for you know premium listeners. Like I said, 900 some episodes, and almost all of them are eyewitness testimony. You know, people that just want to tell their stories. You can tell just by listening to their voice, like how genuine it is you know and i just want to say anybody gets gets curious about this uh this episode and everything i don't think you want to go looking for these things no (laughs) like nine times out of ten people describe it as the most terrifying experience they have ever been in yeah there's been people that have been in gunfights in afghanistan and you know they say that's nothing compared to the fear that i that i had when I witnessed this creature. So like he plays it while he does the dishes and stuff. And some of these stories are absolutely terrifying. Yeah. Absolutely terrifying. Cause he'll play me ones that are like, babe, you need to hear this. This is, this is insane. And it's, I would never want to stumble upon these creatures out in the wild. Like I would quietly tiptoe away. Y'all can have your space. Or like, no, no, no. Yeah. I, I kind of have a secondhand story. My mom's last husband Okay. Had a Bigfoot encounter. Yeah. Do you want to share your family story? Yeah, my uh, my grandpa, I think he was living in Portsmouth, Ohio, Southern Ohio at the time, walking down uh, railroad tracks with his buddy. And all of a sudden, over this hill up ahead, rocks started flinging at him. You know, they're hollering, shouting for, you know, who's there, cut it out. And they just persisted to be pelted with rocks so they just took off and got out of there (laughs) but johnny what was what was your experience uh well not my experience so my mom's last husband him and his brothers were on i don't remember which river it was uh it was i think somewhere in ohio but they were fishing and yeah they uh they heard some weird noises and it sounded almost like a bobcat Mm mm-hmm and except for it sounded a lot bigger than a bobcat and it was a good ways off so they're just like all right well it's probably just a really loud bobcat and they like it got a lot closer within a few minutes like way closer than a bobcat would be able to travel and they heard it again and it was a hell of a lot louder and they saw like movement in the trees and stuff and it got really really freaking loud and so they hauled ass. They didn't stick around to see. 
That's funny because that lines up with a lot of the stories I've heard. Um, first of all, fishing, for whatever reason, a lot of people have more violent encounters when they are fishing. I don't know if because the Bigfoot, you know, cherishes the fish in the water. I don't know. But yeah, for one one reason or another, fishermen tend to get more violent encounters. And about the the acoustics of it, I've heard many times of it mimicking other animals they're like oh it sounded like you know a coyote or something but it was way louder you know a lot more power behind its voice you could they could tell it wasn't a coyote or whatever creature that they were listening for <laughs> let's talk about some of those stories that right. you found interesting from sasquatch chronicles so yeah i'll go into a couple more encounters i kind of told you that a lot of these encounters are not good interactions with Sasquatch, but I want to go into one of the crazier ones I've listened to. And this is actually shows a different side of the Sasquatch. Oh, this one's a crazy one. Yeah. Sorry. It, it's insane. So on Sasquatch Chronicles, this is episode 132, uh, it's titled a gold miners encounter. So the individual's name is Bob Garrett. He was a wild man, miner, you know, lived his life in the woods, you know, off the grid. And, you know, growing up, going through life, talking to other miners, other wild men, he had heard of a lot of different experiences. You know, he's had multiple experiences throughout his life. And, like, their their take on Bigfoot was basically live and let live. You know, you leave them alone. They're not going to bother you. You know, you guys just kind of live and let live. So, so yeah, going through life, he... um like I said, he has multiple experiences. He talks about the differences in looks and behaviors from state to state. When he was in Texas, he described those as more chimp-like, especially like facial features, you know, more of a conical head and different shaped jawline and stuff like that. But in Colorado, where he spent a lot of time, they described him as more man-like. So the main encounter we're going to be going into actually happened in Colorado. Um, he was staying in San Juan Forest. Um, he was camping in a kind of like this cliff with a overhang above him. He was in a like little hole in the in the cliff there. And he was just staying out there, pants some gold. Like this is just what he did. He'd just go pack up, choose somewhere to live, and just go stay off grid for a while. He's self described hippie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fuck the system. <laughs> So yeah, he was living living in the San Juan and, you know, once he was getting settled in and everything, going down the cliff, there there was a river and he had set up a couple fish traps. Well, he did that, went on about his business and then late, later on he heard like wood breaking. So he runs over, looks over the cliff and he sees a Sasquatch down there breaking his fish traps and stealing his fish. So... You know, he yells at him. I guess he grabs a rock and throws it down the cliff at this creature. If I see a big hairy creature breaking my stuff, and I'm definitely going to yell at it. I mean, there's no way that could go wrong. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. You know, like what? What? What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> like he said, he let the anger get the best of him, and Sasquatch, I think, actually lets out a like a yell at him picks up a rock and throws it about 150 yards up a uh, cliff 
and it lands right by him. And uh, at that point, he had another rock in his hand ready to throw at him, but he just dropped it at that point. <laughs> like, okay. You win. He, he didn't think. He was like, there's no way he can get this rock up there. You know, I'm throwing it downhill at him. He can't throw it all the way up here. Yeah. No, nope, mistaken. So that happened. And then he actually, after that happened, he actually went back, set up another fish trap, but he built a bigger one for the Sasquatch. So he had two fish traps, one that was smaller that he could get into and one that was a little bit bigger for the Sasquatch. And multiple times he actually witnessed the Sasquatch getting in there, getting the fish and leaving his alone. So, you know, that worked out. Also, you know, while he was there, he had a little 22 rifle with him. He'd go in the forest, you know, kill a deer and, um, you know, gut it, leave the guts there and everything and come back later on and all that's gone. So uh, he actually tried to follow Sasquatch one time when he left like some deer organs or whatever behind, tried to follow him and see where he was going to take it. And the Sasquatch let him know real quick that he was not okay with that. Like he was giving him roars and everything and basically telling him to back off. (laughs) So this went on for a little while and then it started getting cold out. There was a severe ice storm that hit the area. Well, he ended up getting very sick. He At times, he was passing in and out of consciousness, and he thought he was going to die in there. He tried crawling out to make a fire, just didn't have the energy to do it. Well, a couple of days go by of him feeling like this, and over the overwatch ahead of him, he sees a head poke down and look at him. Now, granted, he said he was delirious and everything, but there's a lot of stuff that happens here that I don't think you can discount. So he was in there feeling like shit. (laughs) (laughs) Sick, super sick. Super sick. And eventually he hears like a slap. Uh, So he looks out and there's a slab of meat that had dropped down into his, where he was staying from the overhang. So over the next couple of days, he manages to gather his strength to cook it up, make a fire and cook it up. Um, the whole time he's passing and passing out, you know. So he manages to eat that. And then a few days after that, another slap and discovers that a whole rabbit had been dropped in front of him. And then a little bit after that, there was some uh, some herbs, like some greenery, some herbs that he assumed were medicinal. So he made a tea out of that and after the next few days he started feeling better well he knew he wasn't feeling like he said he wasn't feeling great but he was feeling good enough and he knew that he needed to get the hell out of there so he gathered his strength packed some stuff up and took off to get out of the mountain well he didn't make it too far (laughs) unfortunately he left the canyon passed out he wake up for a little bit crawl more out of the out of the canyon pass out again and then a few times after that he was waking up and felt like he was moving you know you just get the sensation that he was moving well next thing you know he wakes up in a van and the man who he awakens to a couple hippies that were living in the van basically (laughs) (laughs) they awaken him and uh he says man i don't know where you got the strength to jerk my van like that, but I thought something was going to haul it off. 
So what he thinks happened happened is this creature carried him out of that canyon, basically delivered him to this van, shook the van to get the people's attention, and left him there yeah. for him to basically get taken care of. To get to the hospital. Which is crazy. Like I said, 99% of the other encounters that I've listened to are, you know, negative kind of encounters, but this is just insane to me. <laughs> yeah, they're not all mean. There's some that are nice. <laughs> There's some. Well, did you hear the story of the encounter with with the woman who supposedly had sex with Bigfoot? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm sorry. I I have to bring this up. This is hilarious. So apparently, <laughs> this lady was out hanging laundry on her clothesline, and she saw Bigfoot, and she was terrified. So she started running. Like started chasing her. She tripped and fell. And looked up and noticed that he was, shall we say, excited to see her. That's a, that is a common theme in a lot of the stories is Bigfoot is wrecked while he's being super scared. Yeah. Basically, when he goes into an, a rage, a lot of people report him having an erection. And so he has or, a raging boner. <laughs> or urinating, shall I say. Yeah. So, um, so she, she figured that, uh, cause she was a little excited by what he had going on. <laughs> so she figured she would help him out and supposedly uh, Bigfoot fucked her and then left and there was no other interaction. Okay. He never came back for more. I guess she <laughs> just wasn't that good. <laughs> or it was a little weird with it being a human, but yeah, that's a... That's a common theme is either Bigfoot urinates or he has an erection due to the rage. I don't know. I mean, I've, you know, <laughs> I've been, ex- I've been angry before. I've never been angry enough to, uh, cause that. You know. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I have to agree with you on that. <laughs> but when, when I'm, and I, you know, I've heard other people like, you know, anger fucking or you know whatever but i me personally if i'm pissed off my mind is elsewhere other than that yep yep what's your next kind of weird (laughs) what's your next encounter so my next one kind of goes into well my next couple kind of go into the theme of the government knows about these creatures and are actively covering it up you know there might be couple reasons for that you know go and listen to some of these encounters if you knew that creature was out there and could you know very easily end your life how many people are going to stop going to you know these forests and everything you know the forest is just like anything else they're making money on the people that go there yeah but yeah this one that i'm going to go into now um is episode 16 on sasquatch chronicles called government cover-up So this is man. He was out hunting on a four-wheeler, found some prints in the snow, follows him about 100, 150 yards, and he hears grunting. He assumed it was bear. Um, He's in Bear County. He kind of sees some movement in the trees a little bit. Can't really make out what it is. So he, you know, gets his rifle ready just in case. Well, as he, as he proceeds closer to the, uh, to the sounds, he sees one in a tree. It's about five and a half foot. He said it was a female. Long black fur. 
and he almost threw up. He was so scared. He started backing off when he discovered that there was another one, a male about eight foot tall, that was kind of off to his other side. So at this point, he feels like he's being surrounded. The one that's in the tree, uh, he's a lot closer to, and it makes an aggressive grunt sound. So he doesn't hesitate, shoulders his rifle, and fires into its chest. And then he takes off after that. He takes off, run into his four-wheeler. Um, he looks back because he assumes the other one's going to be chasing him. And he's going to, you know, prepare another round to fire into the other one. Well, he sees the other one picking up uh, the fallen female that he has shot. And at this point, he goes into size. He's guessing the female's about 500 pounds. He's guessing the male's around eight, eight to 900 pounds. So these are huge creatures. So he picks her up carries it up this 30-foot sheer cliff in about five seconds. What? <laughs> yeah, he said it was insane. So he got back to his four-wheeler, runs home. He calls the warden, describes what happened, and the warden comes out. He takes him to the to the location. The whole time, the warden's really mm-hmm. skeptical. You know, the warden basically just wants to leave, and the guy's like, no, I'm telling you, like, I shot something, I don't know if it was a man. I don't know what it was. Like, you need to come check it out. So eventually, Warden agrees. They go check it out. Um, They get to the area and find the blood from where he shot this creature. They find the two sets of prints. You know, they follow him up to the sheer cliff. Basically, Warden sees that he wasn't lying about this. But the Warden doesn't really say much about it. He just gets the information and gets out of there. And he lets him know that another government agency may be in contact with you. So about a week later, two guys show up to his work. They ask to speak to him privately. Um, So he leaves work. They go back to his house, basically have a conversation. And this is, this follows through to a lot of other encounters. So one of the guys is basically clean cut, you know, CIA looking in a suit, well taken care of. The other guy kind of looks like a biker, like long hair, kind of scruffy bigger guy a little bit more intimidating so one good cop one bad cop kind of deal and basically the good cop gets a story out of him again goes over what all did you see what happened and after he's done describing it the scruffy guy basically tells him it's in your best interest not to tell anyone about this basically shuts him up about it like you didn't see what you saw it was a bear kind of deal which that follows through to a lot of other encounters too. Yeah. And they go into in this episode about multiple 911 calls that have been deleted. It goes all the way it, to the top. Yeah. Guys. Yeah. <laughs> it's it a it's a conspiracy. <laughs> no, no words of Georgia. Hard start. Goes yeah. all the way to the top. Oh, is this the one where they cordon off the, the national forest? So that's the next one. This one's good. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Sorry. So next one I want to talk about is episode 70 and 71. It's called Down the Rabbit Hole. And they have a retired policeman, a current policeman, and basically an insider on this these episodes. I'm just going to summarize. Go have a listen. They talk about some crazy stuff. It is insane. Yeah. You know, there's a video Bob Garrett put out basically of this video um, of this camp in Texas that was ransacked. There's blood everywhere. It Basically looks like the whole place was fucking bulldozed. Well, he put the video up on YouTube. And... Good old YouTube. Yep. 
of course, <laughs> all his social media and everything gets deleted after that. He gets blacklisted, um, basically. He gets blacklisted. Uh, they come down with a case on him for, I forget what. So he lawyers up and basically comes to a re- resolution to remove, you know, a lot of parts of the video. Yeah. Even after he did, he did that and the case was settled, they still deleted his account. So it's whatever. But um, a lot of what they talk about in here is like, basically you can, you can talk about Sasquatch and stuff all you want, but once you have evidence, they will shut you up. They shut you down. They, they will ruin your life, your career. Mm -hmm. All right. Now for the doozy. Is this the Lee Strout one? (laughs) No. Wait, there's more? He's got you know you know Lee Strout, right? Survivor, uh, Survivor Man? Man from the show. I know who you're talking about. Yes. Yeah. yeah. He actually did a uh, what do you call it? He did a show. He did a show about Bigfoot. I think it's just called Bigfoot or like Finding Bigfoot. Finding or Bigfoot, possibly. Yeah. Yeah, it's something like that. And on the episode of Sasquatch Chronicles, he talks about how he did not put out, he did not televise a lot of what he recorded because. They wouldn't let him. Basically, mm-hmm. it, he had he had some crazy experiences. He yeah, and this is uh, this goes back to kind of the mythical versus flesh and blood. He believes these are more mythical creatures. He had multiple experiences where he basically was talking to these creatures in his mind, like telepathically. Like yeah, telepathically, what they call mind speak. Yeah. Huh. It's crazy. It, it's it's insane. Yeah, Lee Strout has his own like encounter that he talks about and stuff. So, but I just want to go into one more here before we got to wrap up. Um, this episode nine hundred and fourteen. It's entitled "Lance Corporal Shoots One." Oh, this one's good. Yeah. So, individual's name's John. Um, he's a Marine and he's a designated mar- marksman. So, you know, he carries a three hundred eight round uh, rifle. This takes place at the Navy base on Georgia-Florida border. One day, he's called into his platoon commander's office, and he's told to go to Lake D. Um, Lake D is a local not far from the base, just a public lake, but there's been a lot of reports of an aggressive animal in the area. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And this, this is kind of funny. So his platoon commander told him and i quote it's a chimp or some shit (laughs) is is the creature that he's there to take care of so he gets there uh sets up a tree stand um by a game trail um he noticed a couple people camping you know 200 yards away so he set up kind of to stay away from them uh first night goes by and there's a little bit of activity there's a rock that gets thrown into the lake and he also sees some trees swaying back and forth in the distance, along with like, you know, some sounds of, you know, popping, wood popping, stuff like that. That's about all that happens the first night. Next morning, he gets up and he goes to set up closer to where uh, the activity was the day before. While he was sitting there, the na- the uh, police, I guess it was, uh, I don't know if it was police or if it was... Um, what do you call those? Game warden? Yeah, game warden. 
um, they noticed him there, talked to him, asked him what he was doing. He basically explained the situation and the police went and kicked out the campers, um, locked up the gates to block any further entrance into the camp. So as it gets later, uh, he kind of starts hearing some activity and later on witnesses the creature walking down this, this path. So he doesn't hesitate. You know, he's a trained marksman. He shoulders his rifle, aims, fires a shot, goes into the shoulder of the creature, and then reloads and shoots it again in the head. He was instructed once he took the creature out to call the supervisor. Um, He did so about 10 to 15 minutes later. uh, Humvees start pouring in. Basically, he tries to go look at the creature as he's walking with his... Uh, CO and he's told eyes to the front basically don't don't look at what's going on over there don't look at it don't that there was also some uh some people in a white car pull up you know he's assuming government agents they weren't dressed military military they were dressed you know more casual Mm -hmm. uh they were regarded in high regards basically by it, it it appeared to him that everyone answered to them as he was leaving he basically overheard people talking about, we're going to need a backhoe to get this thing out of here. <laughs> and that was about it. He went in for debri- debriefing and never heard anything else about it, basically. Is that the one where they shut the forest down? Yeah. Yeah, they shut it down, basically, and like go in after. Yeah, for cleanup and everything. Yeah, they shut the national forest down, basically. There's some scary huh. encounters out there. That's uh. So what I'm hearing you saying is that the government doesn't want us to know stuff. Correct, which is not shocking at all. That doesn't sound like the U.S. government at all. No, I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) They're going to shut us down. (laughs) (laughs) Why would Why would they want us to know stuff? Why would they want us to know that Bigfoot's real? Like, come on, come on, guys. I mean. You know, you can say that they're protecting people, but at the same time, it's the U.S. government. They're probably monetizing stuff. Probably. <laughs> I mean, I well, don't know. I don't know. Would you go into a forest when you know there's a 800-pound creature in there that could kill you easily? Rip you from limb from limb. I mean, I'm from the Appalachians, so, yeah. you know, there's bears. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I... Then I went camping in the mountains, I don't know how many times. So, yeah. No, I'd do it. Yeah. Yeah, but the sightings of these creatures are so few and far between. Like, yeah. I mean, it's not really going to affect me going in the woods. We go hiking a lot. Yeah. But yeah. part of me thinks that's a big reason why it's kept under wraps. Yeah. I think it's more because they might be interdimensional creatures. Yeah. I think the government wants to figure out how they travel. Which is why we're not allowed to know about it. Well, because one of the other dimensions might have oil. God fucking forbid. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, we're not going to get into that uh, tangent. Uh, so, hey, we have cards to pull. But first, we want to give a very special thank you for your input insight into Bigfoot. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I was like, he actually has a tarot. I, ha- I made him pull it before. Yeah. Did this, but yeah, this is this is what he's into. We're into this, and he's into this. It's interesting. I, I'll give you credit. It is. It is. 
it is rather interesting, especially like the stories and stuff that I've listened to through Sasquatch Chronicles. Like they're they're absolutely terrifying, like absolutely terrifying. If I if we've ever and ever encountered one, it'd be goodbye. <laughs> Okay, we're never coming back here again. We're not coming back here again. <laughs> um, yeah. See, no, you'd do you. that. I'd be the idiot that would try and communicate with it. <laughs> yeah. Be sitting there like, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> like, trying. Trying real hard. And then you just hear in response, Batman? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. So, did you want to read your card first, or do you want me to read our cards first? I can do mine first. Uh, so, I got the Ten of Discs, or Ten of Pentacles, depending on which deck you're reading from. It represents the final results of cumulative, <laughs> I'm not saying that right, efforts, uh, perhaps for many generations of efforts resulting in such an abundance that it directly and indirectly supports a lot of people in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, imagine a flow of abundant resources, so abundant that you are filled with not only pride, but self-respect and gratitude. So basically, lots of good things are coming because of, you know, hard work from all, uh, for a long time is finally paying off. Okay, these all kind of tying together again. So the first one that he pulled is the Fool, which is my lovely deck skeleton. So I have a Nightmare for Christmas deck, sorry. So this deals with new beginnings. The Fool embarks on his journey towards the unknown. A blank slate, he represents the archetype of the unformed, unmolded self who has the potential to become all things. You hold with you that potential, the torch that guides your path into the world, and your innocence makes you fearless. With curiosity and excitement, the fool springs forward with haste. Where will your journey lead you? And then, of course, it can't be <laughs> it can't be a tarot pull for us if if one of us didn't get a cups. So the next one is the seven of cups. So when we are given complete independence, we are presented with a dizzying array of choices to make. These choices may lead to paths that are both wondrous and terrifying, but we do not know until we take that path. There are some fundamental questions that we must start asking ourselves in order to choose. What is it that our true purpose is? Why would we choose to go down one path versus another? Which of these paths can lead to joy? and which will lead to destruction. Contemplate each of these options that are laid in front of you, but be, but be aware of the desire to procrastinate and daydream to avoid the work of knowing yourself. I would say, all together, shit, I don't know what they would mean all together. You're working hard, and it's paying off in order to achieve your freedom. But you have to really look at your choices that you're making and kind of maybe reevaluate some of the choices with your hard work, maybe? I can agree with that. Maybe? Yeah, I can agree with that. All things are coming to a head. You just have to have some final choices to be made to secure 
the abundance that's coming to you and ensure yeah. you're making the right choices for your freedoms. Oh, I, oh, yeah. I'm there. Right there. Yeah. So, yeah. The next episode that we will be doing is we will be talking about different types of wedding ceremonies, non-traditional um, wedding ceremonies. Well, when we say non-traditional, let's, let's, non-Christian. Non-Christian. Thank you for clarifying. It is traditional. Yeah. Um, Non-Christian wedding. It's not Abrahamically traditional. Correct. Um, Because as my fiance and I are planning our wedding, there's a lot of different choices on how we want to do this hand fasting stuff. So we're going to kind of, I'm going to kind of put stuff together for that for the next episode. And then we will go into a lot of media representation of um, the occult. And then we'll eventually get into the Satanic Panic and all that Yay. is Satanic Panic. Which so, is one of my favorite topics. It, <laughs> it's rather interesting and because it's it's it morphed a lot of things for us yep. um, because we kind of were in the, the end of that type thing. Um, so it and even now it, it still morphs things now. Um, even with the whole when we went into lockdown and like witch talk became very popular and spirituality kind of saw a rise again there's still um there's still a lot of people that it strikes fear in a lot of people so yeah we're gonna be going into that um i hope everyone has a wonderful spring equinox um because this will be coming out before then so mm-hmm. yeah we have a spring equinox of stara so if you're doing anything i hope it goes well um but yeah great don't video. party too hardy yeah don't party too hard but if you're gonna party hard make sure you have a responsible person to make sure that you make it home okay yes um, always make sure you have a dd yep and my fiance is permanent dd that's fine um <laughs> so yeah rate view and subscribe um, we are on Facebook and Instagram and um, YouTube. On YouTube, I do I do unboxing videos. I just I just actually put one up. Um, I'm a couple months behind on my unboxing videos. Um, and then on Instagram uh, for our book episodes, I post the books and stuff that him and I talk about. So you can comment and stuff if you read the books, what your thoughts were, um, or what you're reading. So you can do that too. Um, so yeah, if we've messed anything up, or if you have an idea book suggestion you can email us at the waver dragons at gmail.com but yeah please rate view and subscribe and please tell a friend <laughs> we're on most podcasting platforms so yeah or else yeah, dun, dun, dun. yeah I don't know. we'll stick bigfoot on you <laughs> <laughs> bigfoot and mothman we'll do both <laughs> Alrighty. um until next time i'm johnny And I'm Kelsey. Bye. Bye.